Yeah. Like it just reminded me of some of the the stuff that Abigail had, like that stupid like truck move. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that room room or, or like yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Like he he was fun to play. Um, so like th I think that's an important part. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't think we can touch upon this too much, but like having fun with the game is so important if you want to get better um like yeah. for me that was really important because with Geef, i honestly didn't have too much fun uh, up until i switched to abigail and then mm -hmm. abigail like showed me that hey i could have fun with the game but i could also good be good at it or like learn the game more but yeah. i i had fun with abigail and i like i was ranking up much faster so yeah uh, that kind of opened up to me because like before that i was just so focused on trying to get better that like uh, I, I couldn't get it out of a certain zone. And then yeah. when I learned to have fun with Abigail, that taught me how to get better somehow. So I yeah. think it's a good driving factor in your improvement. To the absolute guard podcast yes welcome this is episode 53 my name is benny and as always i'm joined by my co-host john who i actually took a game off of for the first time at sim yesterday playing against his chun Li. you did you did take a game <laughs> i was like oh man <laughs> it, it yeah. only took what three months <laughs> yep yep <laughs> Yeah, but you you figured out the uh the the float game, I think. The float game kind of stopped a lot of my hazanshu and ground pressure. Like I would try to approach on the ground and then you would float in the air and then come down and hit me in the head. It was really good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's you know, like I'm trying to I've been slow going it really like when it comes to this game, just trying not to overwhelm myself. It's taken a lot longer to to get good at this game. And I think I've done fairly well for myself considering that I still have I think a lot to learn so you know and it's a testament to, to how good you are too like you know you've been basically whooping my ass since since the game launched and you know the betas and stuff like that so yeah it felt really good to finally be like i finally got a win like i got a game like i didn't win yeah. the set but you know i took a game no i totally man i it's 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 hard to gauge what progress looks like in these games um i think we talked about it on the last episode but like there's so many different ways to measure your progress and it's not just winning or losing but like Winning or losing could also just be a solid, like, hey, if I was losing before and I'm winning now, something's different and something's changing. Like, you are getting better, you know? Yeah. So that's super cool. Yeah, so who do we have on the, the podcast today, John? So today, we are going to bring on my gift for you, a.k.a. Kevin. How's it going? Hey, hey how's it going? Uh, thank you for having me. Um, my gift for you, Kevin Diedrich. Um, I'm happy to chat with you guys about Street Fighter. Yeah, cool. man. Glad to have you on, man. It's just like, um, yeah. So typically, when we start, like, we want to know a little bit about you. So, the gamer tag that you've used for Street Fighter Four or Street Fighter Five too, I guess, uh, was my gift for you. Uh, right. Tell us a little bit about where that origin or where where that originated. Uh, was there like a name before that? Like, how'd you settle on that? No, not really. Uh, so yeah. Um, basically, how I got started with Street Fighter. Um, 
I know we all played it as kids and whatever, but um, basically around 2013, 2014, um, my brother and I, we downloaded a, a version of the game. I think it was vanilla. Um, and him and I were just trying out characters, obviously. Um, and then one day we decided, hey, maybe we're good enough for competition, right? Um, very naive of us, but uh, that's kind of what set our path on the FGC um, as it is today. And uh, basically, um, he kind of said that, hey, you know, uh, based on my personality, he thought that I would be a good Geef player uh, for some reason. I don't know. We were both like brand new to to the game, Street Fighter 4 as a whole. Um, and so I think he was playing Sagat or Blanc or something. It would just frustrate the crap out of me. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, so yeah, so uh, I think we got wind of like, um, was it like a Phoenix Comic Con tournament? I think uh, Frank was running that. Um, okay. Yeah, so that that's kind of how we first got introduced to the scene. And um, I met Moses uh, Alter Ego, and then I, I met Daniel Benitez. Um, what's it? Dragon Ninja. Dragon Ninja. Yeah. Dragon Ninja. So yeah, we met them there. Um, I got wood by by Sim, of course. You know, uh, that's a terrible <laughs> matchup. <laughs> that that's when I learned what a bad matchup was. Um, and then. I lost to Daniel, uh, but I didn't feel that bad about it. Uh, I didn't know what zoning was at the time either, but uh, they're both, you know, kind of like a zoner, uh, zoner versus grappler matchup. Um, but yeah, we felt good enough about the game that um, uh, I don't know if I, I think I won a match or something. I don't know, but uh, I didn't feel too bad about it, right? Um, yeah. So I felt good enough to like, oh, you know, I, I kind of want to do this again. Um, and then yeah, Moses, Daniel, and I, we kind of like, I, and my brother. Um, my brother, he plays Bison, uh, for those who don't know. Uh, that's yeah. all he plays. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so, like, all four of us got talking, and then we're like, hey, uh, they told us that, you know, there's some casuals that we can attend to uh, locally. Uh, so, yeah, we were really interested about that. Uh, kind of went from casual session to casual session. Uh, we met um, Arnolfo. That was one of the casual sessions that we would go to. Um, Daniel had his own casual session uh, in Tempe as well. Um, so yeah, it just um, we kind of got hooked on the on the scene, uh, the whole community aspect of it. Um, and slowly we learned like what it really takes to like get better little by little and stuff like that. And yeah, I, the rest is history pretty much. <laughs> well, how did the how'd your how'd you come up with the name your your origin of your gamer tag though? Like how did that right. come about? Like, Right. I, I I mean, I come up with really dumb names all the time for uh, whatever reason. Um, I just have that sense of humor. But uh, or, originally, it was supposed to be my gift to you, like my gift uh, to oh, you. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then my brother was like, you know what? It sounds better if you use my gift for you. And I'm like, all right, whatever, whatever. Like two or four. It didn't matter to me at the time. And then that's kind of how it stayed. Um, obviously, um, Street Fighter Five like the middle of Street Fighter Five, I kind of gave up on Geef. I was just like, um, it, it's too many 99 se uh, second rounds. Like, I'm tired of it. <laughs> and yeah. then you don't win all of them. Um, and yeah, like most of the cats just felt like they had an edge on me. Um, so yeah. I think uh, when I was playing online, um, I think I was like in the Diamond to Super Diamond uh, rank. And I think at the time, Master was like the highest and uh i was playing a la carte i don't know if you guys remember that that the guy boxer uh, player right uh so he was playing abigail at the time i think abigail just dropped uh, oh yeah um, okay. 
Yeah, and um, basically anytime you messed up in neutral, he would crush counter you, and then it was 500 damage to the corner. So I was just like, you know what? I, I kind of want that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I don't sure. want to get a knockdown and then try to make five guesses in a row. So uh, that's kind of the grappler life. Um, and then yeah. Abigail doesn't have to rely on that. Um, Abigail has a command throws as well, but that's not what his game revolves around. Right. So um, that's kind of, um, even though I dropped Geef for the most part in five, in the middle of five, mm. I kept the name. I just love the name. It's just like, I'm, I'm basically connected to, to the name. Um, yeah. I'll always have a Geef in some capacity. So, it, you know, it's kind of true, but not all the way, but um, I'm mainly a Marissa May now. So if I join a tournament, uh, I think you guys noticed, but I go by Marissa for you. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, see, I mean, that, that's the one That's the one thing about your about your name. It could be fluid, right? So whatever right. character you choose in the future, you can just insert name here. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I, I could have gone by my Gale for you, but, uh, you know, I, I chose not to do that. So. <laughs> I always compare it to, like, Itabashi Zangief, where like mm -hmm. he doesn't play geef all the time right. either but people right. still call him yeah. Itazan, right mm -hmm. yeah yeah, yeah he, he goes by it by she sang geef as well so yeah whatever mm -hmm. yeah. yeah but i mean like you said it's a, it's a name you know people get attached to your name and then it's just like you know i mean you could change it but then right. you know then you have to kind of build up that name and they're just like did you go by <laughs> this name before and just like oh yeah that's me yeah, yeah so, I, I've I mean, thought about like variations or like a different name, but I always just come back to that. And like, uh, like you mentioned, I can kind of just adapt the name to whatever yeah. play, uh, character I'm playing. So, just, maybe just have it like my blank for you, and then just yes. <laughs> I was thinking about that the other day. I was just having my space for you. <laughs> yeah, so like five underscores in there. That <laughs> has like a different connotation if I go by my space for you. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's a different rabbit hole. I don't want to. Yep. I had no idea it came from my gift for you. That's yep. interesting. Okay. That was, that's that was the true origin. Huh? That's what I came. Yeah, that's what I came up with. And then my brother was like suggested my gift for you, and I'm like, hey, he just said it flowed better. So I was like, I I agree. Let, let's go with that. And then I never really looked back. So. Yeah, so I'm kind of I'm kind of curious, like what what your brother uh, for those that don't know, he goes by Deranged Tyrant or or Carlos. Uh, why he thought that you would want to play or you would make a good zangief player like i wonder what what qualities in you or maybe because you mentioned like playing fighting mm -hmm. games with him growing up right yeah yeah so what, what did you guys play like the typical like street fighter 2 and things like that so like before street fighter 4 yeah like uh but honestly street fighter wasn't like one of the games that we played like street fighter 2 or 3 like uh, mm -hmm. third strike uh we would mainly play like mortal kombat killer instinct uh mm -hmm. we would also play a lot of uh, king of fighters like the old school ones like nine the 90s version um like okay. those different name uh years um uh, but uh i don't know i guess one day he decided to download uh the vanilla version and then uh, we got hooked on it i just love the mechanics of it um yeah. and i guess before we were in the scene he knew that i was like a reads based player i don't know okay. how he knew that but he's like hey you know you seem like a very methodical kind of uh and uh like i guess reads um you know you go by your gut kind of thing so uh okay i don't know how you make those connections that was like way before our time <laughs> like about knowing about zoning uh reads or anything like that so uh yeah, yeah. props to him well i mean like i mean if that's if that was like your your you know your training partner your sparring partner for so long like he would you know i would think that he would know you better than other people right like you know right. like you said like if you're a reads based player or maybe you're somebody that's 
very kind of like footsie based like oh you have really good like neutral you know when the when the press buttons at the right time for this or maybe you're just um what is, what is that thing that you talk about all the time john like in terms of like is it heart and body and mind uh, yeah yeah body for execution heart for reads and then mind for like tech oh, okay yeah yeah see yeah and then you have people that are just like yeah very tech heavy and like they know they're very methodical and or like you know, like you said, the execution Number crunchers. Right? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think another aspect of it was that he knows I'm a patient person, so um, mm. I guess he also correlated that with the character. Like, you need a lot of patience to play this character, so he's like, that seems yeah. like a good fit for you. So um, again, he, I think he nailed every aspect of my character at the time, uh, and that's why I stuck with the character for so long as well. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. So, so you mentioned the. The first, the first uh, tournament that you went to competitively was at the Comic Con. Uh, that was yeah. hosted mm -hmm. by Frank. Uh, so that's for those. Uh, if you guys don't remember, that was uh, Frank Harrelson who run uh, who ran AZHP and ran like the con tournaments, uh, which was an introduction to a lot of people, like the general public that didn't know about right. Uh, you know, fighting games and stuff like that. You know, they would just come and play and like, oh, we're gonna run a tournament. Find right. out about the, the the fighting game community, the local fighting game community, and you yeah, know, it's, a lot of people got their starts there. We just saw that this past a uh, couple of weeks ago with the Game On Expo, right? There's a plenty, a ton mm -hmm. of people that like learned about Street Fighter Six competitively for the first time through that through that con. Um, and right. yeah. though AZHP isn't running those tournaments anymore, like all that, a lot of that same stuff happened back then too with uh, with the con tournaments that Frank ran. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a that's a great point. That's a great point, John. Because like, yeah, we've got people in the in the Discord from that game on tournament that were there, like whether they beat somebody or they lost to somebody. And uh, uh, X Button was real big uh, about kind of introducing himself to people and trying to let them know about the community to kind of get more players. I mean, that's yeah. you know, that's literally like you know, where else are you gonna find people? Like, we don't necessarily have like arcades like nowadays, unless you know. They don't have Street Fighter Six or just anywhere now. So, you know, those huge public events like the cons and stuff is a great way to kind of network and get people introduced. And hey, if you want to try to get better, or you know, are you just playing this casually? Like, uh, it's a great way to get people into the scene. Right. Yeah, and uh, also like the next tournament that we attended was uh, I think it was Sabo Ten. Uh, I think it was in Glendale um, at the time. Okay. And then I got introduced to like kind of. Um, um more people that had been in the community even longer uh so i met nick going uh john guerrero uh chris the uh, blanca player so um and i remember uh chris i remember her because he was more patient than me like i don't know he would just <laughs> sit there and like hold down back and i remember that was like my first like really tense match because we just went back and forth. Um, and then thankfully I took it at the end, but then uh, that just led me to get bodied by Nick. I think it was, I think he was playing Dan. So he was just trolling me. <laughs> I didn't know that he was trolling me, but uh, I kind of caught wind of conversations like, oh, you know, like, you know, uh, quit trolling these guys or something like that. But uh, yeah, that, that, that was like the perfect embodiment of who Nick is. And yeah. I got used to that early on. And uh, that also kind of like led me to know even more about the FGC because, um, you know, each like casual session may be kind of their own section of the community. Um, yeah. And that's like the Tucson one, right? So like that, that was that um, 
there, there's so many aspects of the FGC, uh, FGC, whether it's local or like statewide. It, it's really interesting. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. I guess um, what one of my favorite aspects of of like your upbringing, or your upbringing, your origin story as far as those fighting game players that you kind of immediately started playing with the competitive scene like after after those those introductions right, right. and like you were going yeah. to casuals and stuff right away right um yeah what were the like first groups of casuals that were that you were going that you went to like were you like east side west side or um, um yeah so it, it was a mix of both because um daniel was on the east side he was in tempe at the time and uh he had mm -hmm. a few players there that also attended tournaments um then arnolfo was on the west side i don't i honestly don't know how i ended up in that cash session but it was cool i uh met a, a few people there as well um and yeah this i mean obviously the i think competitiveness is the name of the community the the game um and i was just kind of hooked on that i just wanted to know well how can i get better right like um yeah. i just remember uh our novel called me a, a noob the whole time and that kind of <laughs> like drove my passion like oh i want to i want to shut this guy up right so like i want to <laughs> i want to beat him in the set or, or whatever so um yeah. but those were kind of the casual sessions that i started with i honestly I'm not so sure how I ended up in the gaming zone, which is kind of where I spent uh, yeah. like most of my time in the FGC. Is like that was my second home essentially for a long time until like the pandemic hit. Uh, I would go there for casual sessions pretty much every other Friday or every Friday or yeah. whatever it was. Um, also, all the tournaments. Um, you know, I still have pictures from the gaming zone coming up in my Facebook feed all the time. Just like oh, you went to this tournament, you went to that tournament, and it's just, like, great memories. So yeah. um, there's there's a lot of casual sessions to be had, essentially. Yeah, even, yeah you mentioned uh, Arnold calling you a noob, and it's just, like, I think, <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, that's one, that's one thing, like, when it comes to people's uh, wanting to improve, right? And mm -hmm. there's always some kind of catalyst, whether it's, whether he was saying it directly and talking trash to you, or, <laughs> like you said, like, Nick trolling you, or, yeah. or even if it's somebody else that you maybe you don't know them as well or whatever, maybe right. they just beat you, and you're just like, you know what, I want to beat this guy. I want to get to the point to beat this guy. Like, that's that's usually where, you know, how people get to that point and, you know, kind of stoke that competitive fire in themselves. It's like, there's something there that, like, triggered you, and you're like, you know what, I want to shut that guy up. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, I would agree with that. <clears throat> yeah so like um so you guys all watched the uh i know recently in recent news the uh there was the cpt was it u.s west the yeah it was canada, like canada right? yeah i think it was like canada u.s mm -hmm. and that's been that's been dominating the headlines recently because of all the people to win that was snake eyes playing zangief right and right. i thought that was a perfect opportunity for us to talk to you so i was really glad when like i reached out to you and you were available and i was just like this is perfect because like this is what perfect timing. People, right. people are thinking about right the grappling mm. mentality character strength and stuff like that like uh it's really been been talked about a lot like especially since evo because everybody was talking about jp and jp so good or i mean not just evo it was the uh uh what was that thing gamer is a gamers gamer, gamer 8? eight yeah it was like gamers yeah, eight. The right thing in, the thing in saudi like that's that was that's been like dominating everything is like jp's too good and this and that and then of all the people that come through because I, I like i had seen stuff like people were questioning where snake eyes was because they, they know he streams they know he plays he's in the right. leaderboards right he's up there but nobody had seen him in a tournament yet and then right. all of a sudden they're like oh he's entered into this i was like now we're gonna see what's what's up 
And then he goes and wins the whole thing. And then on top of that, beats a JP player of all things. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I, it's definitely like a, a really difficult matchup. Um, basically, I think JP, if he gets anyone in a corner, it, it could be lights out right then and there but geef i think for the most part just because his walk speed slower uh his i'm pretty sure his jump is slower as well so i yeah that's definitely like shocking right like he won it against the jp yeah and like just geef in general like just to kind of set the stage for for history's sake here is like he's been viewed as the worst or at, at least like one like bottom three in the game yeah. uh and uh it's you know like actually yeah there was like a fire for a little bit like you said about the jp and ken army and jury and everybody like kind of going after all these top tiers and saying yeah. buff geef and buff ryu and both ryu and geef have won major tournaments in the past <laughs> couple weeks so next up is lily <laughs> yeah, yeah lily yeah. is the next one <laughs> yeah, i haven't some... seen problem x doing too much out there in a tur- i don't know if he's doing too many tournaments but i haven't seen one lily uh maybe chaco take could take a tournament but yeah i saw something about problem like possibly changing characters so he it should might not, he should yeah it might not be him i know combo I'm... teams been playing lily and mike ross too so i don't know maybe one of them will sneak in and win something i'm surprised that uh problem x hasn't picked up marissa because i know he had a abigail in five so that that's kind of yeah. like the equivalent i would say that's why um when the game was first being introduced, um, the Street Fighter Six, and I saw Marissa, and she did the command throw, I was like, I gotta play that character. <laughs> yeah. I knew that it was gonna be Geef and or Marissa, so uh, early on, I had my sights on Marissa. Okay, yeah, and that's that's actually an interesting thing because you know, coming from the grappler background, and then with Abigail switching to more of like a armor background or i guess an armor an armored style character but still a big body um right what were like the challenges or differences in the gameplay game plan between the two because they both they both still have command grabs so like what mm-hmm. what what like like what changes your mind when you play marissa versus geef you know like or what is what is different there um well at least uh it, there's some differences between like five and six uh from six uh, Geef doesn't really have uh, like a, a a knockdown will that will get you in their face uh, like too close. I think in five he did have that, so I think that's what led me to stay with Geef a lot longer in five because um, he had a lot of knockdowns, uh, particularly certain SPD strengths that would leave you right in front and then just kind of like loop the the character into a, a difficult situation like difficult decision to make on wake up on in six it's like everything leaves you really far away and then um you could do like drive rush button or something and kind of get in their face again but it's still pretty far away um so that was like a big turnoff for me uh because i did play geef like the first two three weeks or something like that so i was grinding it out with him um But, yeah. uh, you know, it, it's kind of like the same scenario where I would play some Marissa's and then I would see the destructive power that she had, which was also similar to, to Abigail. It's like he could do like 700, da- uh, 700 damage or 70 percent, like if he had, you know, this the certain uh, situation aligned. Um, and that was a lot harder to get with Geef. Like if like you land a like, a, you know, super back and five or level three here, 
that that works but it it's not that easy to land it and with yeah. marissa it's a lot easier like if you get a certain punish counter then you could land 60 percent um uh yeah. similar to abigail um okay. but yeah uh so what i like about abigail and marissa versus like geef is like the the whole thing that revolves around your offense is not the the throw, right? Um, that's yeah. that's not the focus of it. Um, you have to make it the focus one way or another as Geef. Uh, you have to make the throw your focus. Mm. Yeah. Um, but Abigail and Marissa, you don't. That that that's just uh, like a scare tactic to get them to hold up or backdash or exdp. Um, yeah. So I like that. I'm not having to rely so much on it or like. Um, it's always like a coin toss, right? Like, yeah, go for it or no, go for it. And then um, if you don't, um, they're out, and then you're kind of back in the grind. <laughs> so, yeah, I got yeah, but so, with yeah, mm-hmm. I was gonna say like so basically with like like the two things you were talking about like one is uh, for like some of the newer players is uh, he was talking about like the, the the knockdown situations in five versus six. So in, right. in Street Fighter Five, Geef had better knockdown situations or. Uh, what they'd right. call like Oki or Okazemi, mm-hmm. right? It's like so he'd have a better chance to, like he said, to kind of loop things back in, you know, kind of put people in, in uh, he'd had advantageous situations after yeah. S- after doing like the SPD or doing the command grabs, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas in six, he doesn't, he doesn't have that without spending, like you said, like the drive rush and then having right. to go in and, and do it that way. And then, um, the other thing you mentioned was in terms of Abigail and, uh, and Marisa was the, uh, uh, I would call it like the burst damage, right? Oh, like yeah. you're not reliant on the command grabs as much, but right. you know it's still a threat. But it's like you have the opportunity mm-hmm. to, to throw out this like burst damage and do a ton of damage, you know, from from like normal attacks that that Geef doesn't have. Right. Yeah. Like um, like Geef, he doesn't have well in five maybe a little bit. Uh, but yeah, he doesn't really have that. I can like button button and then I'll get a lot of damage if I land those buttons uh, as opposed to like other characters that, you know, if you get caught with a certain button, they're going to do a lengthy combo and then get a lot <laughs> off of it. And then you're going to regret making the wrong decision. But as Geef, you can get hit with a certain button sometimes and then you're good. Like it doesn't matter too much. Um, you know, in six, I think you could extend a little bit uh, by spending meter and stuff like that, like drive gauge. But um, I, I do think he's in the like lower part of the tier list uh because of of the fact that he still has to rely heavily on his throws um but um you know snake is is like the the outlier so uh (laughs) obviously he's a evil champ before um basically yeah yeah, like snake was i i think also like a big motivation why i played geef in the beginning as well um he was like so dominant in four um yeah. five i would say he was in the beginning a little bit and then kind of dropped off I, I would say if i remember correctly um yeah but um uh, so th- i don't know if you guys have seen this or remember this but uh snake once like brought back a team tournament by himself yep. uh yep. as the yeah. as a scr right yeah scr um yeah. and that kind of cemented the fact that i wanted to keep playing geek oh, <laughs> yeah. oh no okay. Yeah, because like even early on in my like uh, FGC uh, career, er, early on, uh, like I would, I, I saw the struggle that it is playing Geef, um, yeah. and that's kind of disheartening as like a, a young player, uh, barely starting out to play competitively. Um, you know, so you would get kind of brought down. And you're like, man, I'm I'm just getting stoned out every match, blah blah blah. Yeah. And then you see that, and then you're like, holy crap, 
I can do that. Like, <laughs> I didn't know yeah. that you can do that, you know? So, like, yeah. he, he brought back a whole, uh, well, it, it was a set, right? I, I don't know if it was to win the tournament, but. No, he, he, so, the, the, the thing you're talking about was that uh, SoCal Regionals, at SCR. It was, a, uh, I think it was a 5v5 against mm-hmm. NorCal. It was SoCal-NorCal, right. so, you know, big rivalry match. And the big turning point in that was, like, yeah, he had the OCV, the team, right? Like, uh, right. one character one, victory. Yeah. yeah, he was the last one left, and then. Um, I, I remember that because I actually just saw that clip a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. It was him against uh, Ricky Ortiz's uh, Rufus. Right. And he made like two crazy reads with basically like no health left. Yeah. And then I think it was did the did the ultra to come back and win. Right. And then like that was like the turning point. And then he just steamrolled everybody else. But yeah. Um, yeah. The mo- a moment like that like that 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 makes me remember like the um, uh, you bring up a good point in terms of like that made you want to keep playing Geef. Because right. that makes me think of like the Mike Ross like believe moment, right? Like here I was playing Honda and struggling, and then like I see him go through this stuff at Arcade Infinity, and I'm just like, "Yo, I could do that!" Like you know, <laughs> yeah. it, 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 it inspires you, right? <clears throat> yeah. Like, like John, did you have did you have something like that with certain characters that you played? Like, did you ever have any moments where it was just like, "That's really cool, and I want to do that," or yeah, you know, definitely. You know, uh, Sako, I think, is probably the player that. I tend to align with the most uh, oddly enough, okay. not, not very much in five, but in four, uh, I played a lot. I played a bookie and he, his Ibuki was the one I modeled after. Um, yeah. and less so of a, like, yeah, like Sako just like as a storyline machine too. Like he had so many top <laughs> eights and like, there was always, always, there's always an opportunity to root for Sako in anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then he just gradually became my favorite player to watch because he valued the same things that I did combo structure wise. But he was also just a really good player too, um, so there's there's definitely like those moments. I will even say in an arrogant way, I I some people have said that about my Chun in six. Uh, I, I, <laughs> that I have inspired people to play Chun from from the beta footage and onward. So um. I, I believe that dude. Like probably one of the first compilations I saw was yours. Uh, I think or or not. I don't know compilation, but uh, best for arcade. I think yeah, yeah. yeah. set with you. <laughs> And I was like, damn, my man is bodying this guy on his own channel. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, I mean, that that's, that, that's like you said, I mean, that, that's that's the things that people see, right? Or people see <clears> the <throat> stuff on the stream, like when you were at Defend the North and like you did that that one mix up. Uh, I forgot what it's called. The the one in the corner. Uh, oh, that you learned the double somebody. head. Yeah, I took yeah, that yeah, from... yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, you took it, you know, you learned it from somebody else. But, you know, in the moment you know on stream with thousands of people watching like you put that into play and like that would have that could have been the first time that somebody saw that like you know you saw it off twitter or learned it from somebody else somebody else is just tuning into the stream and they're just like yo what was that right (laughs) and it's just like they get hyped up and they're just like man i want to play chun li now or i want to or i play chun li and i want to go do that yeah there's there's a whole like style of player now that's built around that of like I need to I need to create like hype moments um, and so that's like yeah. it's it's like a different flavor of tech monster I think where they're yeah. all about like creating these really fancy resets or creating um, something that fits really well in a Twitter clip I think yeah. uh, I, I'm like that too I do that I do that for my Instagram man like I, yeah. I, try, I, try, to, I try to do the things when I'm playing ranked and like I'm just like I learned something new and I'm just like you know what. Let me see if I can do this right now. And like, you know, if I pull it off, I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm gonna post that one. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I feel that. Sometimes it's hard to like get out of that mode when you're playing online and you're like, I just want to like get a sick highlight. Yeah. <laughs> That's not yeah, good yeah. for competitive play. Like tournament play? No, don't don't play like that. <laughs> yeah. I mean that's that's when you make a name for yourself sometimes though, man. Yeah, sometimes yeah, you sometimes. gotta pull out it's like you condition people to 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 deal with certain things and then you know, and then you pull out like something crazy like that. Yeah, so, I'd actually I'd love to kind of pick your brain theory wise on like how like grappler mentality works or like yeah. how you how you value your like your risk reward um yeah. no and... so yeah see that's funny i was i was thinking that exact same thing john i was trying to <laughs> like, i mean i could actually like, transition to talking about this and that was perfect oh, yeah <laughs> yeah because um like one of the things you brought up earlier kevin was uh the idea of the centerpiece being the throw for zangief right, right? And I was curious, like, about what you, like, what that means. Like, what what does it mean for an offensive option to be considered the centerpiece of of mm-hmm. of a character's offense? Like, what what does that mean to you? Um, yeah. So I I, I think um, ultimately it just comes down to like you got to find, uh, you got to know your opponent enough to uh, have that be like the last thing that you do, uh, like that that you're gonna land it or condition them to take the throw uh so to speak right um i think it took me a long time to understand kind of like how to end at that point um but basically uh it it just comes out to like mixing up your options enough um to where like they they're done holding up or like they're done backdashing or they're scared or you know that sort of thing um but wait so um, let me put it like this so um so like my son was trying to learn geef right in mm-hmm. Street Fighter Six, right? And like I'd watch him play, and you know, it's kind of like the typical kind of like new player kind of thing, right? Like he would just kind of walk up to somebody, hit a couple buttons, and he just SPD. And like, you know, normally like for a seasoned player, like when they're fighting a grappler, like like you know, like you said, they're holding up, holding north, whatever. They're trying to get away from that, right? So he would right. whiff command grabs all the time, and I'm like, I would tell him, I'm like, hey, you got to condition people to be scared of other stuff first before mm-hmm. you can do that. You can't just throw it out there, right? So I guess kind of walk me through like when you start a match, right? Like mm-hmm. like you said, like the the grab is kind of like the the end game, right? It's like you right. want to get there. So when you start a match, kind of like walk us through like what's your mindset as you start the match? Because obviously it's not going to be like I'm going to walk up an SPD, right? It's going to be like what are you what are you looking for or what are you trying to do and try to establish as like the match starts? Yeah, um, at least for myself, like I, I want to establish like what our neutral is going to look like, uh, so I can find my opening, right? And then <clears throat> um, understand like what are your advantageous knockdowns? Like, what do you want? Uh, what scenario do you want to arrive at? And then how you're going to get there? And then uh, once you find that opening, then understand like um, it's something that I, I came to find, right? Well, you got to find like uh like in five i i would want to land at like ex spd uh, medium fierce spd that was kind of like my angle uh now how i, I arrived uh arrived at that point uh depending on the matchup but um that's kind of what i wanted to land because then that would give me the like the loop that i wanted where i would be mm-hmm. in their face and i would be uh have advantageous frames like plus two um so 
in six um i'm kind of learned a little bit from watching mainly because again i dropped geef pretty uh pretty early on uh mm-hmm. but uh like in six that was kind of like my main goal like how am i going to land uh exspd it I, sometimes i could do it in in in, in the mid-range sometimes it would have to be off a like a whiff punish knockdown then dash up in her face um uh, that kind of thing mm-hmm. um i would sometimes even draw like little diagrams uh so i could visualize it right oh, like wow what are the options right like uh if i'm plus two like what are my options right then and then you can mix like a button into throw uh, like a button you're plus and then you mix in the throws like a um like a frame uh like a frame trap spd right like if you're plus two uh then you throw in a five frame uh throw then you're gonna beat a three uh maybe four framer i i think three framer would beat it sometimes but yeah um or just go for a throw after you condition them like uh like let's say your first knockdown you're plus right and then you go for a raw spd okay now they're scared now you're gonna do like a button into throw and then they're gonna block that first button and then they're gonna stay and then they're gonna get thrown again and then you kind of have to just kind of like come up with variations of that um like in five uh i would also mix in like i could do like a midi throw if they jump then i could do a ex speed then i'm back in the same loop again so gotcha. i think yeah i think you've had a lot more power in terms of knockdown in five uh okay and, so yeah to, to kind of take it back so you mentioned two things that kind of stuck out to me it was like one trying to get a knockdown and then yeah. with punishing so like mm-hmm. would you say that that's pretty much kind of like what you're looking for at the beginning like you said you're talking about like establishing the neutral right, right so are you right. are you trying to see what buttons they throw out that you could like potentially with punish or right um i guess uh for geef a lot in the in the past mm-hmm. game it was always like lariat right like mm-hmm. are they going to jump and then can i lariat them or can i can i hit them in a way to get a knockdown from that right so exactly like, mm-hmm. getting the anti-airs and establishing that yeah, exactly. So you're looking for your in, and um, that takes a lot of patience, right? So like, understanding yeah. their neutral, what do they like to do, punish that, get in, and then now the game begins. So that's kind of like how you start off a match as a grappler. Um, is there, or you could just is there, is there ever any a, a scenario where you don't want to go in? Um, well, it's <laughs> kind of scary. And then five when uh, they had full stock. All the meters, then it was kind of scary because okay, they so, could just button okay. into like cancel, and then now you're in a disadvantageous situation, right? So, so what's okay. what's your game plan when there's a reason to not go in? Like, what what do you do as a grappler? Um, I mean, you could still try to approach, but not be in their face, because um, you know, if you want to go the safe option, you're gonna go for like a del- delay uh, throw or delay normal, and then, but mm-hmm. then they could wake a button into activate and. And now you're in a really bad situation, right? Yeah. So, so um, mm-hmm. no, I was gonna say so, so like, so would you say like you start out kind of like kind of what the kind of like the read based mentality, right? Like you're trying to get a read on what they want to do and and you know be in an advantage advantageous situation for yourself, and then like like John said, like all of a sudden they got full meter or whatever, right, right? They have right. ultra, right? Now at this point, like obviously you don't want to just make reads anymore. So would you say that you? kind of like switch to like a reactionary style at that point because then you're kind of like okay what is he doing like mm-hmm. can i anti-air at this point or are you looking for like uh like bad buttons like negative buttons mm-hmm. uh so that you can punish right um so at that point like um 
I think there's so many uh, like factors that are involved, right? Like yeah. it also depends uh, what character they're using. Like if I go for a hard read, which is SPD, that's kind of what I would say is a hard read, just SPD because you're like yeah. 60 frames of recovery. Um, and they punish me. How bad is the punish, right? So I think okay, different sure. characters would have different uh, like um, like combos uh, that would influence my decision making. Like, oh, I can afford to take a full combo from this character as opposed to that character, right? So, okay. Um, that sort of thing also influences your decision making. Um, yeah. And again, like how much meter they have. Like, okay, you know, they're this character, but they have no meter. If I take one full combo, I'm good. You know, that sort of thing. So a lot of things yeah. come into play when it comes to that. Um, like if you're playing against, uh, um, you know, there's like character-based decisions that you're making and then also player, mm -hmm. like some players might just hold up back as opposed to like neutral jump, which usually up back doesn't punish your SPD. So you're good. I so you. you might go for more SPD type situations. Okay, so yeah, yeah, so you're looking, you're looking, you're, so you're looking for like their tendencies and stuff like that, right? So if I yeah. SPD here, are you neutral jumping? Are you are you backdashing? Like, are you pressing buttons? Like, what are you doing, right? Mm -hmm. Specifically, yeah, yeah. using that as a way to inform your risk reward and assign a value yeah. to that, right? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that that's like a huge thing that you mentioned, risk reward. So that also took me a long time as a grappler player to really understand uh, the risk reward, uh, particularly in that you most of the time you want to go for the risk <laughs> so that, that <laughs> your whole focus right like that's your biggest strength but at, at least in the beginning of my like my time in fgc i would be scared to really risk it all but mm -hmm. you have to like you really have to you can't rely on like button button lariat and then you know it's like 200 damage or something like that no you want to yeah, go yeah. for the big punish like for the big damage so yeah. uh that took me a long time to understand as a grappler player because like i'm a really defensive like methodical like i just want to play neutral kind of uh <laughs> player but yeah. you have to use you have to go for that risk so most of the time you have to risk it as geef um i think snakes is also really methodical and like defensive he obviously he's a footsie god um but when it comes to whether you have to risk or not, his decision making is just impeccable. So, <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, it, uh, I like that. Uh, I like that you brought up the risk reward, John, because like, uh, it bring it. It made me think of two things. Like, that's probably been my my biggest deficiency in the in Street Fighter Six right now. It's like I don't output enough damage, right? And um, I've talked about this numerous times with John and uh, Saber Scott. Uh, in terms of like like they're not worried about like the the output of damage that i'm putting out like it doesn't deter them from doing certain things right because like yeah. you said like they're looking at how much meter i have or how much health they have and they're like okay well i could take this combo from him because this is all he's doing yeah and it also reminded me uh because we were during that uh that cpt us west uh online tournament we were the az group like we were all of us that were participating were in a, like a group chat in the discord and we were like talking and watching each other's matches and stuff and that was one thing that was brought up a lot of the times was like, oh, uh, don't worry, you can survive this damage, you'll be okay. Like, I heard that a lot coming from from John in particular, like, you know, when he yeah. was watching matches was like, oh, don't worry, you'll be okay here. Just, you know, don't worry about this too much. And right. I, you know, it's, it's, it's something like, I guess, I think about too, but it's just like, I guess I just don't think about it. Maybe I don't think about it enough sometimes. Like, you know, you look at the life bar, and you're just like, I just see my life going away. And I'm not like, well, you know, I still have maybe two or three guesses left before I die. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the big thing. Is like you don't think of the life bar as like a, a number per se. You think of it in chunks, really. And yeah. so like 
at a certain point when you have like you know 30 percent health you know if they do a 20 percent combo to you or if they do a 25 percent combo to you is there really that much of a difference at the yeah. end of the day you still get two guesses uh to yeah. you, you have to you'll have to rather if you have th- yeah you, you still they still need to hit you twice to win yeah um and so like it's easy to get in your own head and be like, that was so much damage. That was so much damage. But in reality, it's, it's the same number of guesses anyway. Like Marissa is a good example as a character where, you know, she will kill you in exactly two guesses if in the, with the correct scenario. Right. Um, but most characters, I think kill in around three to five. Um, and it's, it's a lot about like, can, can you, can you make it hurt enough for them to actually deter to, to, to deter them from actually hitting the button over and over again like kevin earlier you were mentioning um uh a poke or something and you're like well they're not going to convert off of it and so you're willing to eat that right mm-hmm. and i was curious about like what your your threshold is for that like what what let me try to think of it like let's 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 throw some tangible examples out there just to, mm-hmm. for the sake of discussion so like uh say we're playing abigail and abuki in, in street fighter 5 right so what is an example of something that I that you would take from Mayabuki uh like damage wise that you'd be willing to accept uh, and accept getting hit by? Um I, I think a recurring scenario was usually like the air EX Kunai that you would yeah. throw. Um so I, I think it also depends on the health bar, but for in most scenarios sure. like I'd be happy to go for like the parry and that's the risk right that you take because uh, you might just empty jump and then i i get but i'll take that combo like i'll take that combo or i'll take if i mess up the ex kunai but if i land the ex oh the the parry on the ex kunai i get a full combo activation corner right so it's like i'm willing to take a lot of situations there um and go for the parry and once established the parry i may maybe just not do anything on your jump in or just try to entire normal entire or something like that but at least um yeah or you know um another aspect that we haven't really talked about is like saving your answers right like i know that ex kunai can get countered by parry and i know usually how much damage you could get off of that punish so maybe early on i won't use it right and then i'll save mm. it for uh, a critical situation and, and then establish that because the moment that I establish that option, you're going to deter from it, right? So then sure. that option's taken yeah. away from me. So, um, so that, that's, that's a stylistic thing, though, too, right? Because it's yeah. like, do you want to do it early to 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 deter to me from doing it throughout the set, or right. do you yeah. do you hold on to it and weather the mm-hmm. storm so that way you can bust it out for for a free combo, essentially a free combo later on in yeah. the set? Yeah, you mentioned like hiding your answers. It's like uh, like showing yeah. your hand, right? Like you don't want right. to show your hand too early, and like that's something that. I think I'm trying to learn too because like I like to reversal a lot as Dalsim. I just like to get people off of me and like sometimes I'll do it too early and then all of a sudden like the next round I'm getting punished because they're like, oh, this guy likes the reversal. And I'm like, oh man, I probably should have held that for the last, you know, maybe like a game saving opportunity, right? Because now now I'm eating damage. So it's just like, yeah, that's that's a a really uh, fun concept. Like showing your hand. I feel yeah, like somewhere uh, along the way we got we got misconstrued. Like, because there's there's always that like old school FGC mentality of like, hey, if you find like a weakness, then just hammer that weakness home and make them prove to you that they can beat it and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but 
the the issue that like that that runs directly counter with the idea of like saving your options um mm -hmm. and so like i feel like somewhere in, along the way like we we ended up taking that old school mentality and being like we should definitely uh always be always go for the jugular always go for the jugular and then that in turn i think I don't know. I don't think that that style is rewarded anymore. There are times when I'm just like, oh, I found a, I found a tick of theirs, or I found a tendency of theirs. I gotta, I have to like invest in it. That's the way I, I think of it in my mind, where I'm like, okay, I need to set this up. I need to like create the situation over and over again, um, to to eventually condition them, invest into it, and then get the payout later on when I convert that into a full combo, like a shimmy or something. Like you're yeah, setting yeah. up throw, a shimmy. Throw loops. <laughs> right. Yeah, like a throw loop, yeah. Yeah, throw loops, man. That's a, that's what's been that was killing me earlier today. I was just <laughs> playing Cammy and I'm just like, okay, I got thrown twice and I was like, is he gonna throw me a third time? Then what do I get? Fierce in my face and full combo level three, like, all right, never mind. Yeah. So so going back to that grappler mentality, Kevin, though, mm -hmm. like the the idea of uh the the reward in that case that the the parry versus the ex kunai was about the reward more than anything else right. the reward in that if it landed it would one deter me and then two would do a, a fuck ton of damage to me right um yeah are there uh, what's what's an example of something that would deter you from going for that for your own sake like you talked about health bars earlier like yeah what, yeah what like what's what's going on on like as far as so we talked about reward but what about risk like what what's your threshold there what's going through your mind when you're computing that uh, like out risk for a bookie. I'm, I'm, I think it depends on the season too, or like what season are we talking about? But I think sure. ultimately, <laughs> like last I remember, cause I also stopped playing towards the end of five, but, yeah. um, I was willing to take like a certain combo. I wasn't too worried about the follow-up after like EX Kunai or something like that. Like I, I usually felt like I could block it out afterwards. Um, he, like maybe even if you had your B trigger stocked or something, uh, but like let's say G, right? Like yeah, I could gamble on certain things, but I'm not. <laughs> so like <laughs> on certain things, right? Uh, also depends if you know if he has like because um, he had different levels that you could uh, yeah, power up, right? Different power ups. <laughs> yeah. So if he had like no presidentials, then hey, I might gamble it more on like certain things that he would do. Um, because you have uh, less to lose, right? yeah um because like it's just harder to get in on him and you have to risk to be able to get in because my jump arc is not that good with abigail so like jump in is not really an option uh so you would have to like risk it on certain things that he would do in neutral um oh, okay. like maybe throw out, like a random sweep like that that's how bad that matchup was that like i had to do a full screen sweep and have that part of the meta in order to like have a chance to beat him uh that's how that but that uh how bad that matchup was um but like let's say against like ibuki or other characters i don't have to do random sweeps because the, the matchup doesn't uh require that um and in uh, other matchups that would be a greater risk uh than g because the reward is that okay now i'm in or something like that so um that same option it has different risk reward and different matchups right so okay. Let's let's style that to six then, because mm -hmm. six has been out for three months, and so, uh, you know, you can't know those matchups yet. And so we talked about a lot of the decisions and the, the number crunching behind it is based around matchup knowledge. How do mm -hmm. you, as a grappler, approach a grappler player, even with Marissa, if you want to consider her a grappler, because she still has that onus of getting in? Right. Um, mm -hmm. How would you? How do you approach a new matchup that you haven't seen before? 
and how do you, how do you use that to impact your risk reward? When do you go for that armored throw? Yeah, so the armored throw, honestly, uh, I, I I usually don't feel like that's that bad of a risk, like a SPD, um, just because it has the the aspect of I might uh, absorb a button, like a crouching jab or standing jab or anything that is not a low, it's gonna absorb that. Um, and yet, honestly, the the risk, I mean, the the punish afterwards, if I don't guess correctly, it usually is not that bad. So I feel more inclined to use it um, and just establish it, right? So that way I can go for a meaty and meaties usually mean so much damage. So I'm, at this point, I don't know all the matchups. Uh, I think I'm leaning more towards the risk side. Um, being that it's a new game, I don't know everything. And my reward is so high that I'm usually more willing to go for like a meaty or uh, a command throw as opposed to like a delay button or like a bait so to speak right gotcha. so, so, uh, so i'm more on the risk side <laughs> so, yeah so i was gonna say basically so right now kind of your mentality is like until somebody shows you that they can punish you hard enough like yeah. you're willing to take that risk and just to get in right yeah usually is, i'm more on the risk side yeah the reward for that is is almost meta or is meta in that mm -hmm. the reward is it might work but also you might learn something new about the match. <laughs> right? So you can only win. Yeah, you can only win. So yeah, it's a win-win scenario. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Exactly. <laughs> oh man, yeah. The the win-win is either it worked or it didn't work, and now you know. <laughs> yeah, that's the win-win. Yeah, okay. I mean those those kind of moments. Yeah, those are <laughs> those are the ones that kind of make me reel back when there's situations where it's just like I do something and like, uh, you know some some weird interaction happens and i'm just like wait that works or wait why did that happen like um i think i mentioned it, i mentioned it before like i local record like pretty much like every time i play ranked so like if i lose a match real quick i just bring it right back up and i'm like hold on let me see what just happened here <laughs> that's that's a good strategy for sure yeah like I, I like that idea of like review i, I do review by footage probably more in five than six and six I, I lose a matchup and then I already got matched up again. So like I'm just like yeah. <laughs> right back in the grinder, uh, yeah. and I, I like that. I enjoy that because five it was just like you have like five ten minutes till your next match. Sometimes it was just terrible, but uh, six like I lose it. I want to get right back in, and then by the time that I'm done, I just want to go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no reviewing footage is really important. I should probably do that. <laughs> um. So earlier you mentioned something about uh, a button being in the meta or an option being in the meta. Like you said, you need to use sweeps so that way sweeps in the meta. Um, mm -hmm. What what is the meta in your mind there? Like what? How do you define that? Um, well, yeah, like certain buttons might be more tailored to certain matchups, um, depending on like their hurt boxes, hit boxes, etc. Or like this person can punish me more for like a sweep as, as opposed to someone else that sort of thing so um it's very like matchup specific um and also i think six um uh like you're more prone to get like random di'd so you want to stay <laughs> away from a lot of sweeps per se yeah. or a lot of fears buttons that sort of thing so um i you know what i've learned it, it it's kind of like part of the usual meta now but like obviously everyone has their own learning path like I learned that like throwing out like cancelable mediums and neutrals like really good. Um, that mm -hmm. way you can you know react to DI that sort of thing. Um, so 
you, you know, it's a, it's really specific to your character as well. Like, you know, you could do different buttons than I can in neutral and then cat stuff, that sort of thing. So, um, yeah. when it comes to a grappler, it, it's about what will give you the most advantageous uh, <laughs> knockdown in neutral. You know, like in Geef, uh, I could usually do uh, in Street Fighter Five with Geef, I could do like sending light into Lariat. That was a thing back then in Five and Six. That's not an option. You can't do sending light into Lariat in neutral. It sucks. Um, yeah. But you could do sending light into like Drive Rush, and then you spend three gauges. So it, it, <laughs> it's a different it's a different situation. You could do like overhead, but you're also really prone to DI. So like, yeah. um, again, more, sna sna snake eyes. Hmm? Yeah, a lot, a lot risk. more risk. Yeah, a lot yeah. more risk. But sweep is it's kind of your tool. I think uh, Snake used it really well. In the tournament um and that's why he won but you have to go for those sweeps in order to get that knockdown um if you get a punch counter i think you i don't think you could back roll or anything right so like right you're in their face so yeah um, it's funny yeah. you bring up uh snake eyes because like i wanted to kind of go back to that a little bit because i know a lot of the talk was you know about how good he is and yeah. um like the 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 things that I noticed the most in in his uh, when he was playing um, uh, Reynolds uh, JP was that um, he was checking drive rushes a lot, right? And then he didn't. I don't think he used uh, uh, level three at all. Like he saved it all for level two. Like whenever he would start up the um, yeah the uh, what do you call them the glyphs or the um, the spikes or whatever you call them? yeah yeah. yeah. So whenever, like, whenever he would, he would have the the level two stock and use yeah. the meter for that to counter that instead of, you know, a lot of times like you play a geek player and they're just like they get level three and then all of a sudden you're just like, oh man, when is he gonna activate this? Like, you know, I need to keep holding up. And he he wasn't even worried about that. Like that wasn't even in his mind. Right. Yeah. Uh, the uh, again that um, the level three. Like you said, level two was kind of like his primary option um, for like anti-fireballs um, combos as well. Like if you do crouching uh, light kick, standing jab, drive rush, crushing light punch, crouching medium punch into level two. And if you're in the corner or they're in the corner, that that's especially advantageous. Like you could change sides. So that's a good like um, yeah. to put them Side in the switch, corner. Yeah. yeah. So like he wasn't necessarily worried about landing the most damage or landing uh or anything else it was just about positioning so like he would put them in a the corner okay like now i'm more advantageous because you're in a corner right so like um yeah. i i think that was a smart way to go level three you know if it's not going to kill then it's probably not really worth to land it now you're um now you don't have anti-fireball right options so yeah and then the other thing like uh you know part of the grappler life is the whole kind of walking forward and like walking down your opponent and like he did he did an amazing job of kind of doing that whenever um he would act, or jp would activate the glyphs like he would you could immediately see him just kind of start walking forward already yeah. to kind of somewhat neutralize that so yeah. like um you talk about yourself being like a patient player like um i mean i don't know i guess in some ways like do you enjoy like the the long matches like you talked about a lot of your games go to 99 <laughs> seconds, right? And it's just yeah. like, it, it made me remember like when we played in B-League, like, you know, me as Honda and you as, you as Geef in, uh, in Ultra 4, 
Like our set that, went yeah. to ten nine because we were <laughs> like we were get, we were getting to the point of where like we were like scared to do things. Like I remember there was so many games that were won just like off of like a crouch jab or something because like somebody mm. was like, "Did you press a button?" It's like, "Oh, he pressed the button," and you know like so. Do you like enjoy like the the long matches? Because like I mean that has to be like mentally draining, right? Like so, to constantly be there. Yeah, no. So in four, I think I I didn't mind it as much. In five, I got tired of it. <laughs> um but uh abigail did have an aspect to that like uh you still had to like find your way in uh you could go a little ham and stuff but like especially when they made his running punch ex running punch like negative 30 or something like that then you got to cool it down uh but <laughs> uh as abigail i didn't mind it as much because i know that like uh i have more opportunities to like land more damage uh in neutral or something like that but but Geef is like you have to be in their face to do it. So that is much more frustrating. Uh, I did have like 90 second matches with Abigail, but they were more bearable. Um, Marissa, I don't think so much. I think it's usually like nah, 60 second matches. People are usually dead by then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're either dead by 60 or they're dead by 60, but usually it's yeah. not 99 seconds. But if I play defense six, I think it might also be like 90 second matches but uh i do mind them and that's why i switched from give to uh abigail in five so <laughs> got it. it got mentally draining like especially like uh i remember playing yusuf uh and then i would play his guile chase him all the way to the corner he would get out of the corner start the whole process all yeah, over again get to, get to walk him all the way down <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. i hated that so yep I do nowadays, <laughs> nowadays that it'll be a JP that you spend the whole time chasing to the corner and then they'll oh, just yeah. they'll put you in the corner and then they'll kill you instead. They don't they don't even need to run <laughs> away. They just, they just kill you. <laughs> um, so when I was watching the Snake Eyes set yesterday, one of the things that I saw like I think it was in the corner, um he, Snake went for a throw and Reynold teched it. And so from from the Reynold perspective, I'm like, okay, yeah, like in that scenario, I would throw, uh, I, I would throw tech or I would delay tech or something. But uh, what for for a grappler, I have always had this really confusing notion of like, you know, if I have a throw, if they're blocking, then a throw will beat that. So when would, why would you go for a normal throw when you have a command grab? Because on paper the command grab can't be teched as well, right? So like it's just objectively better, I think. So yeah. what, like what goes through a, a grappler player's mind when they choose to go for a normal throw instead of a command throw? Well, I think the important part in that scenario was the corner, and uh, you don't want to be in a corner. So uh, I think in five it was a little bit more tolerable to go for, uh, to be in the corner. I don't think it was quite as bad as six. Six is just like it's probably a death sentence a lot of the times to be in a corner so you know he didn't want to like uh like throw and then he jumps over and gives larry doesn't hit back like behind his head right uh he doesn't yeah. i don't think he has an option select for if someone jumps out of the corner um okay. so, the meter for that right you have to use like use ex larry for that to even have a chance right yeah, so like if you go for SPD and uh, and they jump, then you're hundred percent fucked in the corner. They're gonna put you in a corner, and then you know, so, uh, terrible things happen. Um, but yeah, so I mean, if they jump out and then you do a normal throw, you could probably parry or or, or something. Um, definitely not lariat, but um, I guess he did want to play it extra safe in that scenario. Yeah. Um, so at that point, you're saying like he's assess he's he's taking the less riskier option, right? Because like the like you said, the recovery 
mm-hmm. at that point would have been bearable. Been yeah, worse. yeah, yeah. You could you could parry or something. Uh, but I, I see the point that you're making. Like, uh, basically, SPD. If you're gonna throw, you should SPD. But yeah, I'm I'm trying to understand why he went for the throw as opposed to SPD. But I mean, you kind of outlined it there, and that he has more defensive options if he guesses wrong. And yeah, it's it's kind wrong. of it's kind of funny in that the closer he got Reynolds to the corner the safer he had to play. You would think it would be the opposite where you could play riskier. For, for the average player, it's like, well, I'm going to start DIing more because the reward is greater. So I can take more risks yeah. when I'm in the corner. I'll burn DRC if they're in the corner because I get more damage off that as opposed to a DRC mid-screen. But yeah. for a grappler, the opposite is true where you are so, like, you are, he didn't want, he, he was so worried about getting his, his himself put put into the corner despite him having just performed that monumental task on a jp player yeah, like yeah. that he he deliberately halted his offense i think that that's i don't know that's pretty cool so it, it I, that answers my question and it's about it's about when you don't want to take as big of a risk i guess oh yeah yeah, yeah. definitely yeah, it's, yeah. it's a huge commitment right to like command throw then 60 frames of recovery uh you don't get an answer afterwards uh but a normal yeah. throw then you know you could at least parry or, or block or something like that so yeah. um and then if the risk reward i don't think was in his favor at that point with spd so <laughs> it was heavily <laughs> against him so yeah. yeah i don't know that reminds me of situations in like four like with honda like i'd want to ocho people and it's just like yeah you can't tech this but like if i whiff like yeah like you said like i was gonna take a ton of damage right and like that's one thing that uh that Mr. SNK would would tell me he's just like use the normal throw and people people react like to the, the sound or like the the motion right of him like whiffing the, the throw animation yeah. and then like it react it caused people to jump and then like he would anti air people because like he'd have you know people would react to that whereas if you took my approach and was just like I'm just gonna go in there and and grab you then you know you end up taking damage and losing rounds and stuff like that. Like I've lost, I've lost plenty of rounds with taking that, taking that risky approach. That's actually a good point, Benny. And that you mentioned, so it, it was SNK said to do something like to do hit a button or something to force, to force them to jump back and make the yeah, reactions. Like reaction, yeah. Right. That literally happened in the snake eyes set as well. It, it was a different scenario where he had him in the opposite corner. It was on the P2 corner or P1 corner. Um, and, the Geef player, uh, Snake Eyes, he he did he did a whiffed parry, then Raynald jumped backwards, and uh, the Geef recovered from his parry and then did stand roundhouse into a full combo. Oh shit! Yeah. I I think I missed that one. I'm sorry. I, I don't know. If we said no, that, no, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> no, that's the reaction I have. Oh shit! Yeah, <laughs> no, I was like, oh shit! Like that that's a huge reaction. And, uh, so, like he 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 whiffed parry in order to to elicit a jump back. And then yeah. anti-aired with Stan Roundhouse from Geef, which is not a fast button. No, definitely so, not. That, that's why I was surprised. I was like, wait, and also like the hitbox is not that good. Like it's, yeah. it's been better in five and four, but in six, it's like he literally just like moves forward and he just does this. Yeah. It's that's not a, that's that good. That- that read based mentality you gotta make those hard reads sometimes <laughs> yeah and the, the thing that blew my mind is that it, he chose parry to to be the thing that he whiffed and i'm curious if like there's a drive rush os built into that or or mm. what i guess it, it is it is less risky because the thing that you're whiffing you can cancel it into block mm, oh maybe yeah. that's it maybe that's it i think i think i just figured it out on our show <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if you want to like stutter step someone, you whiff parry in front of them. Like that's the ultimate, the ultimate meta meta mind game there. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, um, that that's a problem for me that I parry too much because I usually get thrown. It's like extra damage, but yeah, um, I guess like, like two, that would cost like two thousand like, damage, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I like that they added like the thousands into this iteration of Street Fighter because before it was like hundreds, right? I think. Yeah, or, yeah, 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 right, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, now they made it thousands, and it, it seems makes it seem that much more hurtful. But um, my problem right now in my meta is that like I'm parrying too much defensively or like neutral, and I get thrown every time, and it's so much damage. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's... Uh, <laughs> your character in particular has that issue because throw also beats uh, the wake up armor, so your 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 opponent's just more inclined to use throw. More inclined, yeah. I'm thinking I need to backdash more on <laughs> on wake up because oh, yeah. they throw me a lot. I get thrown a lot, so yeah. Yeah, I mean that's, you get that, a huge that's... reward for that too. That's the same. This is the same risk reward conversation we've been having this whole time, right? Where it's like if you backdash, yeah, you might get fucked up. Like you might they might jab confirm you into into a knockdown, but that's not that big of a deal c- compared to like backdash strong into a, the full on Marissa target combo into the up down ex up down into a side switch or whatever, right? <laughs> yeah, I like how she just like moves you up and down and left and then into the corner and then she just, <laughs> just moves you around all over the screen. Yeah, but that's yeah, I so guess that's say- a good example of just being able to being willing to take a risk like that because the reward is positioning damage, uh, the medium medium combo starter. Like that's a big deal. Yeah, yeah like not even particular. Uh, particular to Marissa, but I feel like that's where the overall meta is. It's just like throws are so strong, uh, especially in a corner. It's like when you drive rush throw, like it beats, you know, parry, DI, um, like wake up button if you do it meaty. So, like, I feel like throw is probably driving the meta right now, at least in my opinion, like from what I've seen. And <laughs> when I started applying that into my game plan more, like drive rush throw, like it's usually very successful It'll catch parry di button so it has more options that it beats than i think in five you know low, like midi throw yeah. yeah yeah it's 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 interesting like you made you talked about you know switching from from geef into playing uh, marisa uh, that's something that uh who's that player brutus uh is, has done recently too they've been playing uh marisa so would you say that you're enjoying street fighter 6 a lot more now that you're playing marissa and a different character like do you, do you still plan to play geef in certain matchups or maybe maybe ones that you're more comfortable with like i know some people do that um i haven't seen that advantage in six where like geef will give me a better advantage maybe jury because uh geef has like a little drop kick i don't know if you guys seen it mm-hmm. uh but in, if you watch a jury versus geef they'll usually do the dropkick because that's basically all it's good for is just like it'll go over that low fireball and then punish the fireball on startup. Um, So maybe that's something I would consider, but it's just Marissa, if she touches, uh, gets one good touch, then you might be dead. So um, (laughs) that's why I'm not usually like looking to switch. But in, in five, I would heavily consider like Geef against Bison at that point or Balrog Hmm. before he got uh, be skilled to that destroyed the matchup, or or maybe sometimes Cammy. So uh, in five, I would think about defensive matches, but in six, not at all. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Okay, but, that makes sense. Because I mean, like, yeah, because like you said, that that burst damage from Marissa is a big, big factor in like basically every matchup. Because I mean, um, who is it? Uh, big Bird that's been playing yeah. her and you know had a lot of success. Like he basically said that 
he doesn't think she has any bad matchups because of that damage output. Like right. like John said, like you get two guesses basically, and you know the meter situation or whatever happened, like you know that's pretty much the round. Yeah, I, I agree. Like um, basically, if you're like at mid screen or maybe three fourths screen against your own side, and you get one good combo, they're usually in the corner. So. Um, Geef, not really. Like he can get a knockdown and then he's full screen. He de uh drive rushes to get back in, but he's still like a sweep wrench away. So um that's basically why I would just play Marissa all throughout. So um one of the recurring themes in some of the answers you've given on the show today is uh, you know, it's a lot of importance on Oki, a lot of importance on being able to pressure somebody on their wake up, right? Yeah. Is there a grappler out there? that you think you'd be you'd be fine if the command grab didn't give Oki, or do you think command grab should always give Oki? Uh I, I would say yeah, at least um, you know, because SPD has different ranges. Um I would say like at least one of them should give you some sort of Oki, but none of them do as far okay. as I'm concerned. So I, I think yeah, it should you should have that. Um and I won't start on my list of bus for Geef, but that, that, that should be one of them. <laughs> I Would you ever play a grappler that didn't give Oki? Uh, no, no, uh, not again. <laughs> like, I, I think Geef had Oki in four, but uh, I loved his yeah. Oki in five. I loved it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, well, you bring up a good point because, like, you talked about at least one of the versions, right? Because, like, if I remember right, I think it was four or five, like, you know, you do the heavy or whatever if you need the damage, right? If it's going to mm -hmm. close the round out and you have the opportunity, you do the heavy, right? But yeah. if you want the Oki situation, you use the light or you use the, the EX and you spend the meter, right? Like there's a, mm -hmm. there's a cost associated with it, right? So it's like the light does less damage, but I get the, the Oki. The EX does gives me the Oki, but I have to spend bar to, to get that, right? So mm -hmm. like, I, I mean, I guess, you know, I would, I'd have to agree too, like in, in the sense that for the traditional grapplers, like I think that it needs to be balanced in that sense. Like they should be able to get that. Yeah. Depending on what they're doing. I mean, yeah, like that that that's their whole like uh how they were created is that their offense relies on the throw. And if none of the throws give you an incentive to do them, then like that kind of just defeats the whole purpose of the character. So um yeah. at least the EX, if you're spending bar, right? Like they should give you some uh, sort of okay where you don't have to spend more to retain that so um yeah i think would be fine to give okay everything else is fine the what if the incentive was just big damage like what if it was like <laughs> that, that, that's serious. how it is right now so i yeah. i think that's how they're justifying it right because like yeah. the ex does give you a, sh uh, a lot of damage <laughs> yeah. a great mucho grande <laughs> yeah. mucho damage but uh yeah. That's how they're justifying it right now. Because um, early on when I was playing Geef, I was running through a lot of different like punishes, like like if Sony XDPs, like what's my best option? Uh, I would spend all the meter, blah blah blah. It it just came down to EXSVD. Like that's your best option. Like it, uh, you mm -hmm. know, especially if you don't need a side switch or anything like that. If Sony XDPs and you do EXSVD, it's like four forty five hundred damage or something like that. It's like okay. don't waste your drive gauge on trying to do a fancy combo, etc. Or don't spend your uh or like drive gauge in terms of like drive rushes or anything like that. Uh EXSPD, yeah. I think it's like two bars. Um right. I, I yep. I'm not too yeah, sure. Yeah, I think that. I think that's um 
it kind of reminds me like i think john we were having this discussion in our group chat i think with uh with fred or something just in terms of like how geef has been designed for six where he's really very reliant and kind of built around the throw and the throw damage yeah and not so much anything else yeah yeah it, throw damage <laughs> i think the tough part about that is that you know you have to make the throw enough damage and right now i don't think it's considered enough damage to value it over oki um yeah. But if you if... yeah, at least the, the normal the normal versions like light SPD, I think it's good damage, but no no Oki or something like that. So the EX SPD, I think, is the one that kind of justifies the character how it is. It's like if you get that EX SPD and it's a punish counter, that's like almost half health. So I think that's how they're justifying it right yeah. now. But it's yeah, it's about how. Like, like Manon has that same problem right now, I think, too, where, like, everyone's scared of her level 5 command grab, but even that isn't... It's it's a, it's a lot of damage, but it's still, like, a lot of characters are capable of outputting that same amount of damage, too. So it's relative yeah, yeah. as well, So and which is tough because you have to balance around a game that, like, when they, when they at launch, which is what we're playing right now, like, the Season 1, they didn't yeah. know how much damage all the characters were going to do. So they just had to kind of yeah. had to guess with Geef. You know, and if they yeah. if they said, "Hey, an SPD doesn't give you Oki, but it does fifty five percent damage," and now he only has to guess two to like twice to win, <laughs> like that that would have not worked, right? Yeah, um, yeah. So I don't really know how you balance this character uh, in this game. They, they they have they have nine more months to figure it out, man. We'll we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> they got Capcom Cup to see, like, <laughs> see what happens. But yeah, I just no, find it's... it crazy that like Snake Eyes doing one tournament and he won it, like. I mean, you know, if, that, if you're going to join a tournament, I mean, whether it's offline or online, you know, go to the one that's going to qualify you for Capcom Cup automatically, right? Like, there you they go. have these uh, World Warrior tournaments where you got to, like, accumulate points, and then you got to, like, win a win a tournament, too. And it's just like, why don't you just join the one that's the auto-qualifier? That's what a lot of people did when, like, when they did the, uh, the offline premieres and stuff, right? Like, they would travel and be like, here, I want to win this one. Okay, well, I didn't win this one. Time to go to the next one, right? And they're just, you're trying to get into that spot. Everybody wants that that million dollars. <laughs> yep. Yep. Oh, yep. I wanted to ask you, Kevin, while we had you here, is um the so the grappler phase of a fighting game, you know, like at the beginning of every fighting game, the grappler tends to do well. Um are are you familiar with that phenomenon where it's like like maybe like the first month or two or something, the grappler is top tier, but then over time yeah. the grappler ends up dropping. But like what early on every like the grappler is like over, considered overpowered by a lot of people. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about? I don't I don't really remember remember that in five. Um and right now, well like Geef is considered low tier, right? So you mean yeah. like earlier on than now? Like yeah. is Geef better like in, earlier in old, on? Like in, yeah. in vanilla four he was great until he wasn't. Yeah. Um I think in and, and, and like a lot of older games whenever a new game would drop like the grappler would just be really good and gradually they would just get worse and get figured yeah. out well i think i think part of that like we've had this discussion with with scott a lot it's like i think part of that is because like the grab itself isn't something that's really execution heavy right like that's something like you condition your opponent to the point to where like okay i can grab you and then like everybody's just like man this is so much damage or this guy's this this is stupid right yeah. until people figure out how to kind of maximize their own damage and kind of equalize that then it's just like okay this isn't so bad now or they figure out ways how to how to deal with the the grappler but initially like you know if it's almost like if you if you 
if you handed a game to like two like brand new players, right? And somebody figures out like this fierce button does so much damage. What do they do, right? They they mash they that mash until it. the other person figures it out, and they're just like, oh man, this button is so good, right? Yeah. And I kind of I, I guess I kind of think that that happens with grapplers a lot is because while everybody else is trying to figure out the game and trying to figure out what they should do and how much damage they can output, the grapplers just here. Here, there's my damage. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like I'm trying to figure out how to do 25% on a bread and butter combo that I might or might not hit for the first week or two, and then you're like, yeah. command STD. grab, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Here's wait, wait, wait. Let, let me correct you, John. Modern geef button, <laughs> button, button. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> two buttons for for an S seven seven twenty, right? <laughs> yeah, I I think that makes sense. The whole phenomena, because uh, like many uh, many mentioned that um you know it's a lot, you have uh damage that's a lot more accessible earlier on, um and not only that, but I think grapplers may be harder to like balance out in the beginning just because like yeah. you have to give them damage. And then in the beginning, you realize, okay, I gave them too much damage. And then yeah. now they just get nerfed throughout the, the course of their uh, existence yeah. in the game. Because um, yeah, yeah. I, I think Geef had, um, so he, I think he had Oki on more throws than he ended up with in five. And then also he has the B skill armor. Uh, I think he used to take a lot less damage, like gray health in the beginning. Uh, yeah. And they gave it more gray health. Um, so I, yeah, I don't think they're. Uh, I don't think they buffed him. I'm not sure, but I think he just had like a gradual. Um, yeah. Descent, well, I mean, you know? that's like that's like something we talked about too with Scott is like in terms of like characters like the specialty matchups, right? Dalsum and and Geef in particular, like those are the toughest characters to balance because like you don't want them to be too good, but then like you you know you have a tough time tuning them too because like you get to the point to where like they're not good at all. Like, they're not useful and, yeah yeah like i feel like i feel like in some ways that's kind of where geef is at right now like like john said like they weren't sure like what the kind of damage output people were going to put out so they kind of had to kind of guess with his spd stuff right and just be like here we'll give you this this is a good chunk of damage and then now like you see the damage output like dj puts out or the jps put out marissa puts marissa. out and you're just like they're putting out seventy five percent damage. This this grab does like what twenty percent or uh, whatever it is, and it's just yeah. like, yeah, like you said, like you got to guess that many more times. And these characters are like, hey, I got full bar. You're dead now. I I mean, Kevin had a salient point too, and that 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 like the grappler phenomenon, like as far as them being great out of the gates and then uh, and then gradually getting figured out, that hasn't happened for five and six. Um, and I was curious of like. Well, I, I guess so. My my theory behind that is that for five, five was like one of the easiest games to pick up and play, in my opinion. Not not like netcode wise and all other all other stuff, but like <laughs> as far as like learning a combo, everybody had the same combo. It was medium, medium, and a special, right? And then you just yeah. changed which special you wanted based on your Oki and or damage, right? Um, and so I feel like people figured out their combos faster uh against street fighter 5 geef and so his initial like damage knowledge check or whatever like his, his his initial damage differential of being able to do more damage than the average populace uh didn't really exist and in street yeah. fighter 6 i think it's the same deal where everybody was is so good at picking up these games and learning new combos in these games that the grappler yeah. advantage just 
the the phase is there but it's just Mm -hmm. smaller and smaller because people learn faster in today's day and age that's my theory at least yeah Yeah. i think that's particularly true about five because like you said like medium medium and then button button like uh there's no one frame links etc so like the complexity of the combos uh were not like big enough from like the gif uh i mean the grappler damage advantage so like there was no real difference between them so yeah um, yeah versus like in four like with ibuki i would have to practice like one frame select plink links in order to be able to match some of the gif damage but even then it was just like even then i shouldn't be matching the gif damage it's all other thing (laughs) if you think about it too right like typically like Geef was like the the grappler of all grapplers, right? In a lot of games, right? And then if you think about six, like so many characters now have a command grab. Like you got Lily, you've got uh, Jamie has one when he's leveled up. You got Mano, Marissa has one. Yeah, you got hey, Honda, can we, right? Can we you do that? Honda? Can we turn this into a game? Let's 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 run through all the the characters with command grabs in six, and then ask Kevin if they're a grappler or not. Oh yeah, there you, you go. Do that? So we got, well, yeah. So we got Lily. Well, what do you think about Lily? Have you tried Lily? Uh, I I have no interest in Lily, but I hate <laughs> playing Lily. Uh, I would say she's a grappler just because I don't think she does enough damage otherwise. You know, yeah. um, and uh, like you're always thinking about like uh when she does that little spiral arrow. I don't know what it is. Like and yeah, then, yeah, yeah. yeah, you're always holding up. So definitely a grappler. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And we got uh who do you have mano yes i would say she's uh <laughs> yeah uh I, I would say she's laura though which i don't know it's kind of conflicting because laura i think she does enough without a throw so I, i'm kind of yeah. conflicted but i'm I'm signing towards yes okay and then you have yeah. uh, uh marisa marisa uh, i don't want to call her a grappler no no grappler. okay no no it's not a grappler okay um who else do we have uh honda honda uh that's tough because <laughs> he's, he's still legacy you know uh i would say no i think in six specifically no uh four or five i would say he's more of a grappler in four than you think five. so i don't know yeah. i played him like a grappler in four maybe wow. yeah yeah years. yeah that's what i'm doing <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah, nah. No, I was like, I don't know. And traditionally, like when it comes to Honda, like he never got anything off of his, off of his Ochio throws. Yeah, he didn't like, get Oki. The, See, yeah, the threat was there. Yeah, the threat was there, but like, yeah, he didn't get anything after that. And then who else? Who else has a command grab? Oh, uh, Abigail, Jamie. You want to go? Oh, okay. Yeah, Jamie definitely no. <laughs> <laughs> only, only when he's drunk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that would make two of us. <laughs> <Wait>. <laughs> Wait, does anybody else? Um, I'm trying to In think six? of the situation. Mm. Uh, who do you have? Okay, so there's Luke, Ryu, Guile, Kimberly, Jury. Blanca has the little jump grab. Um, I just found that Blanca had an air throw. I had no no idea until like mm. a few days ago. I saw hey, Blanca's got a too. command grab. Would you consider Blanca a, a grappler? No. Okay. Just no, not. <laughs> All right. Let's let's go go to some legacy characters then. How about Alex? And mm. in, in three or yeah, five. Yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. Why, like why? I, just because he's slow to you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like I, I think, um, yeah, I don't know. He, he needs it. <laughs> he needs it. 
<laughs> so okay, so the grappler, we're coming up with the formula here. The grappler has mm-hmm. to be has set that the centerpiece of their offense has to be the command grab, and they have to be low tier. <laughs> I, I, I would say it's wait, either or. I, wait, so I oh, let me think yeah. about the characters. Uh, so we had Lily, Zangief, Mano, mm-hmm. Marisa, Honda, and Jamie. Like, do they? So would you say that they have to have a super that's a command grab? Because of those. Honda does not have a grab super, and Jamie doesn't have a grab super, but the others do. I I, right? I wouldn't put that as a deciding factor. Uh, no, no. Um, I, I I'm kind of just going off like feeling based more than anything. Sure, but yeah. uh, I, I I think Alex, uh, he's a grappler just because he's low tier, or <laughs> he needs it. Like. You know, Kevin, when you say you're going off of it feeling based, that's basically the answer to every question I ask of a grappler anyway. Of like, oh, yeah. why'd you come back out there? I had a feeling. So like, it's just you know, a read. It's yeah, just a read. Okay. What about um? What about uh? What's another character that that had a? Oh, Able. G. G. Oh, G. Oh, yeah. Uh, I would say just because it's so fucking scary. <laughs> yes. Okay. Because the reward it's is so, so big. scary. Yeah. It's so okay. scary. Yeah. All right. And then Abel. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know what to say about that. I just uh, I hate fighting Abel. So Abel was the worst, dude. <laughs> are Are you familiar with Strive at all? Yeah, uh, you mean Eight One Strider? Or... No, sorry, sorry. Uh, Guilty Gear Strive. I was gonna ask oh, about no. Nagoro oh, Yuki. So, no, I I'm not that knowledgeable about it. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. I won't ask them. Uh, no, we can we... go four, five, and six. <laughs> <laughs> Abigail, then. What about Abigail? Uh, I want to, I want to say yes, but no, nah, I'm gonna say no. Okay, no what about no. uh, Just, Birdie? The EX is scary, but all the other ones, I, I think you could take it, and then you're out of pressure. So no. Okay. Yeah. What about Birdie? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I want to say yes. Uh, I'm kind of like borderline on that. Um. I think his setting medium punch is good enough to where he doesn't need it, but um, yeah, yeah. I, would, I would say, <laughs> I would say yes. Okay, what about uh, Mika? Oh yeah, oh. I, about Mika. <laughs> uh, I you just reminded me that Mika existed. I hate Se- season I one hate Mika. Mika. <laughs> I just hate all Mikas altogether. Season one Mika. Yeah, Macaulay had a command grab. Macaulay? No, that, he, he's a faux <laughs> grappler. I don't. Uh, I don't accept them into the clan. <laughs> uh, claw, He's on the outside. Claw uh, with no claws. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I, I'm. Uh, sometimes I would say yes, just because it was. It, it would ca- catch you off guard so much that. But no, definitely not. He's. He's also a fall grappler. A fake one. <laughs> oh, cool! I think we got a. We got a good general idea of of how. Of, of the of the the different kinds of grapplers or who is not a grappler who's a poser grappler. <laughs> uh, I want to say Nikali was a grappler only against Daigo. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you got you got grabbed five times, right? Yeah, see you. Know? So what about uh, okay? So I'm thinking about four. What about Hakan? Oh, Hakan. Hakan def- yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. He was like an early Laura in that like you couldn't get get him off of you like once he was in like it was really hard to get him off okay then i think who, who do we have left uh hugo hugo oh, hugo yeah 
Yeah, I gotta I gotta go with yes, but like he's scarier. I think he's scarier than Geef in, in four. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Then finally we got uh T Hawk. Uh, Ooh, that's, that's a tough, a tough one. one. Street yeah, Fighter Four T Hawk. Yeah. Uh, I have to go with yes, but like he had a gun at the end, so it wasn't even fair. <laughs> he, it wasn't even fair, but uh, it, it's hard to say no to the legacy characters, you know. It just, and finally, OGs, yeah. What about Seth? Yeah, he was he he was a grappler. I mean, I think really? he had enough tools. Yeah, I think he had enough tools, but the throw was like a uh, a legit That's option. Say. That's what I was gonna say. Like, I think yeah. with all the characters, maybe other than Zangief. Yeah. In four, I got SPD. more <laughs> by Seth and the the threat of his throw than anybody mm -hmm. else when I played that game. Like there was one guy in our scene that, man, I swear I, I got scared of everything else. Sonic Boom teleports and <laughs> whatever, and I'm just be like, oh, here we go again. <laughs> okay, I yeah, got one, uh, I got one word for you too. Okay. El, El Fuerte. If Abel's no. a grappler, if Abel is a grapp Abel is a grappler, then El Fuerte has to be, right? Well, El, El Fuerte, I think his is his own like world. I, <laughs> okay. I don't want I to hope, accept him to the grappler world. I, I hope I never see him ever again. Honestly. Yeah, me too. <laughs> like if there was one character I had to pick in four, five, and four, five to ever see again, to never see again, it would be Fuerte by far. Yeah, I think I'm up there with that. I just I don't accept, I don't I don't know why he's in Street Fighter. Period. <laughs> yeah, he like I I like the idea of a luchador. I mean, he's a wrestler by trade, but I'm just like yeah. I didn't like I just absolutely hated like the way that he played. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's yeah. cool. We didn't we didn't really plan on a game, but like honestly, we should probably bring some of the games back for our show. Yeah. Um, I was actually thinking about starting up a new one, and maybe I can do that now. Because uh, my last question to you, Kevin, uh, is going to be, uh, what is footsies to you? And I'm going to oh, ask this to footsies. every guest we have from here on out. <laughs> so there's a well, different three hours no, later, no right? Wrong answers, no wrong answers, because right, right. it's different for yeah. everybody. What is your definition of footsies? Yeah. Um, I I think if I had to sum it up in another word, it would be with punishing. Um, that's I think that's how I could primarily describe it. But I think there's a lot that goes into it. It's like understanding your uh, opponent's like uh, preferred buttons. Uh, you know what they can do in neutral. Um, and then you can mix in different factors into footsies. Like right now, there's drive rush. That's part of footsies, right? So it's not really only about pokes. But it's like the options that you have in neutral. So I think that's the best way to describe it. At least for me, it's like um, understanding uh, like the meta in neutral. That I think that's what footsies ultimately is. So. Okay. So my final question was just in regards of like the I had a few characters I want to ask about. So I think the general consensus I think everybody would say Zang or Snake Eyes is the best Zangief ever, right? Like in yeah. any like. If, when you think of Zangief, like that's him. Like Itabashi's cool, but I was just like, Snake Eyes is that dude, right? Uh -huh. So for you, like when it came to Abigail, like who was the best Abigail that who would you who would you say was the best Abigail? Um, I honestly I can only really remember Itabashi. Um I know that there were some earlier on, like there was Storm Kuo. I think he picked him up early on. I think he did play him throughout. 
Um, and then a la carte, he, he bodied me in online early on. I think he disappeared towards the end. Um, but like, yeah, in my mind, Itabashi is like the uh, Abigail. Oh, so wait, you said yeah, earlier you said Alucard bodied you with Abigail, and then yeah. that made you play Abigail, right? Yeah, that that kind of like showed me that you know there's a potential because it was so early on into the character. Um, yeah, everyone was playing him in uh, online, but Alucard is the one that kind of like showed me what he can do early on yeah. before watching much footage or anything like that. So uh, that kind of stood out to me, and I was like, um, <clears throat> then I tested him out. I tested out Abigail in online you know, from scratch, from the very beginning of the rank uh, system, or um, it wasn't per character, right? Um, but yeah, yeah. Um, so Abigail, I picked them up. I didn't even like practice them too much, like just off of what I've seen from Alucard, maybe some footage, but it was so early on. And he yeah. helped me like get to ultra, just from diamond to ultra without even practicing him. Like that's how insane it was at me uh, for at first. I was like, yeah. okay, now I really have to switch because like I'm not even trying <laughs> and I'm already bodying people online. Like, it, it was that much of a difference like versus Geef where like I had to like pour my heart and soul into each yeah. match. And then <laughs> I get timed out, you know what I mean? Like I was like, man, fuck this character. <laughs> so, yeah. And I was like, just looking at the like the, the stream video that we have playing like during the <laughs> during the during the podcast here it's yeah. like it just reminded me of some of the the stuff that abigail had like that stupid like truck move <laughs> <laughs> yeah that room room or, or like yeah <laughs> oh my god like he he was fun to play um so like th i think that's an important part uh i don't know i, I don't think we can touch up on this too much but like having fun with the game is so important if you want to get better um like yeah. for me that was really important because with Geef, i honestly didn't have too much fun uh, up until i switched to abigail and then mm -hmm. abigail like showed me that hey i could have fun with the game but i could also good be good at it or like learn the game more but i i had fun with abigail and i like i was ranking up much faster so yeah uh, that kind of opened up to me because like before that i was just so focused on trying to get better that like uh i i couldn't get it out of a certain zone and then yeah. when i learned to have fun with abigail that taught me how to get better somehow so i yeah. think it's a good driving factor in your improvement yeah, yeah honestly like i would have loved to see you play geef in this game because i think other than like fred who's who we've talked to in our little group chat like he's the only other one that i knew that was potentially playing geef but like i can understand like you said like wanted to have fun and um like we haven't played me and you i haven't played your marissa yet yeah. Um, but I think that'll be a interesting thing because like of all the characters that I've had quit on me, I've had the same Marissa player quit on me twice now. It was it happened five days ago. Like yeah. they burned themselves out and then they just stood across the screen and like I was like, Are we playing still? And then <laughs> today, earlier today, I beat them in one round. They started the second round, they didn't move for the whole ninety nine seconds. Oh my I stood God. across there and I just was like, Okay, and I threw a fireball at like five seconds left to win and I was just like I guess he's just that tired of this matchup. So it'll be it'll be fun to get some games in with you too, because we've got oh, yeah. a few Marissa players out here. So definitely good for the the matchup experience. Oh yeah, I will say the geese that I played online, like um, I'm impressed with how they play. Cause like I'm not my geef is not at that point. So like I'm definitely nowhere near the premier geef of uh, the scene, Street Fighter Six. Um, I, I like what the geese are doing in in this community. So shout outs to them. Cool. Yeah. Well, we'll go ahead and wrap it up here, guys. 
<clears throat> you can find us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash spiral series, YouTube at youtube.com slash spiral series, and on Apple Podcasts and Spotify under Absolute Guard. Uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. And, uh, oh, yeah. We'll... Real quick, real quick, oh, yeah. Kevin. Did you, do you have any shout outs? Do you have oh, anything yeah, you shout outs. to talk about real quick? Yeah. Before we close things up? Uh, I'm just go the... <laughs> uh, like, shout outs to my own. Uh, not really. I mean, you can say hi on Facebook. Kevin Dietrich, that's my name. Uh, you can reach out, say hi, play sets. Like I'm open to playing everyone. Um, I early on, it took me a while to kind of like understand the game. Now that I understand the game, like I'm trying to reach out and like get sets with people, just because like I feel like maybe I could put up a fight, but not really. I think uh, John beat me 15-0. <laughs> but hey, I told uh, you, it took, me, it took me three months, bro. I got one win yesterday. Today uh, I won one game. <laughs> but in, uh, in terms of shout out, just like. Uh, everyone's so cool in the community uh thanks to all the tos that put on events like if uh like communities are not really anything without tos so shout out to all the tos and uh everyone at fgc is cool as fuck so <laughs> oh, cool thank, yeah thank you for the invitation yeah yeah thanks for being on yeah, well sure. you can find us on twitch i'm just kidding i'm not doing that, that again <laughs> See you later. all right later. Later, take care Bye.